Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. And the Bible says, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for bringing us here tonight. We thank you for allowing us to come into your house under one house, God, to lift up your name, to hear a word from the Lord, to be revealed the mysteries of the kingdom and of the gospel so that we can be edified, so that your name can be glorified. Father, have your way in this place. Do only what you can do. Let me minister with clarity, understanding, and anointing so that one so that just once someone can be saved. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may have your seats. You may have your seats. All right, so tonight is Bible study. So um, um, tonight is Bible study. That's, I'm going to just leave it at that, um, okay? Uh, we're going to go through some, some biblical history. I'm going to teach you a little bit tonight. Uh, on what is going on behind the scenes to provide biblical context so that you can understand Job 42, okay? You can't shout about Job 42 if you don't understand the biblical context and why it is the writer and God highlighted this particular passage of scripture, okay? So, so there are three books in the Bible which are called the wisdom literature. Three books in the Bible which are called the wisdom literature. And those books of the Bible are Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. Once again, these wisdom books are called Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. Now, Proverbs shows us that God is wise and God is just. It shows us that God is wise and that God is just. It also shows us that God has ordered the world so that it is, quote unquote, fair. All right. The righteous are rewarded and the wicked are punished. The righteous are rewarded and the wicked are punished. So basically, Proverbs gives you a glimpse and lets you know, or it's trying to convey a message that basically you get what you deserve. All right. If you read the entirety of Proverbs at the end of it, biblical scholars have done research and studies, and it, it's basically trying to convey that you get what you deserve. All right. Then we get to Ecclesiastes. We get to the book of Ecclesiastes and we meet Ecclesiastes who observes that actually people don't always get what they deserve. People don't always get what they deserve. I mean, I mean, if we live uh, in the world and the society in which we live, we know that to be true all the time. Can I get an amen? Amen. So the world isn't always fair and that life is unpredictable and it is difficult to comprehend or wrap your mind around. All right. Which then leaves some to question after they read Ecclesiastes. Is God wise and is God just? Now, we know Bishop just preached 
on the justice of God. The justice of God. We serve a just God. And so what the Bible allows us to do, it allows us to dig deeper into how is God just and how is God wise? Okay, this is why it's important that you understand the Bible, that you, that you do some, some research or that you take time to dedicate time to come to Bible study or to show up or to watch so that you can have a greater understanding of these things so you don't find yourself uh, asking God uh, uh, unwise questions like we can sometimes do. Okay, and so, and so this question is being explored in the book of Job. That's why we have the three books, which are the wisdom literature books, which are what? Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. All right, now let's dig. Y'all ready to dig? Let's dig. All right, I'm going to read some Bible here. Once again, you all know who I am. <laughs> all right, so we're going to start at Job chapter 1. Uh, I could start later, but I, I just find it very, very important because there are some things that that popped out of the scripture to me that I want to highlight to you because God is always going to tell you why certain things happen for certain people in the beginning parts of the passage of scripture. Okay. All right. So the Bible says this, uh, uh, Job chapter one, I'm reading from the new King James version. It says there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. I want you to highlight that in your Bible. I don't typically ask you to do this, but if it's not already highlighted, I want you to highlight or underline this in your Bible and make a note. The Bible says that Job was a man that was blameless and upright. Blameless does not mean that Job was perfect. Some transliterations uh, uh, say that blameless means perfection. It does not mean that Job was a perfect man because no one is perfect except God. So, so Job was blameless, which means in the eyes and the opinions of his peers, Job had done nothing to, to cause people to speak ill of him. Okay? He was blameless, and then the Bible says he was upright. He was upright, and he was one who feared God. Not in the fear of he was scared of God, but it is called a holy reverence, which, which is what we all should have for God, a holy reverence. You should have a reverence and a respect. I don't fear my dad in a scared sense sometimes, but I have a reverence and a respect for my father. Some of you... <laughs> Growing up, you were scared of your parents. You weren't supposed to be scared unless you needed to be scared, but you were supposed to have a reverence and a respect for your parents. You can always tell when a child has no reverence for their parent. We won't even get into that. All right, so the Bible says he was one who feared God and he shunned evil, right? I highlighted this because this is gonna be very important the more we continue on. The Bible says this, and it says, and he had seven sons and three daughters. Say that with me. Seven sons, three daughters. They were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. 
The Bible says he had a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all the people in the East. All right. I want to to highlight, to bring attention to what most people necessarily don't. The Bible says that Job had seven sons and three daughters. Seven is the number of perfection and completion. Job had seven sons and then he had three daughters. Three is a number of completion. We know that the Lord Jesus rose on the third day. Seven plus three equals ten. Ten is the number. It, it, it indicates God's authority, God's completeness, his order, and his divine perfection. So, so this goes to show me that Job was not just a man who was blameless and upright. He was not just a man who feared God and shunned evil, but God was blessing him so much so that even in his life, he had divine protection. He had divine order. He had divine completeness in the way that God blessed him with seven sons and three daughters. Y'all with me? Then the Bible says that he had 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels. That's another set of 10. 7,000 plus 3,000 equals 10,000, okay? Then watch this. Then it says he has 500 yoke of oxen and 500 female donkeys. That's another set of 10. I didn't, I, I've never seen this before. I've never seen anyone necessarily speak about this, but, but there's three sets of 10s that, that Job has in his life, which, which goes to show that God had his hand on Job's life so tough. God had his hand on Job's life so tough before we even get to where God begins to talk about Job. You can see that God's hand was on Job by the way God had been blessing Job's life. The Bible said that he was the greatest of all the people in the East. Then verse four says, and his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day and would send an invite their three sisters uh, to eat and drink with them. Verse five. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them. Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus, Job did this regularly. So Job was so tight with God, and Job wanted to ensure that he kept his vow and his commitment and his covenant to God like we talked about on Sunday like Daniel and the three Hebrew boys did they kept their vow and their covenant to God Job ensured that even when his sons and his daughters would eat and they would have a good time and they would and they would do the things that they would do he would make sure that even if they sinned he would offer burnt offerings so that they would not be they would not experience any particular repercussions from God based on their feast. Okay? Now, we're going to get into some good stuff here. The Bible says this. The Bible says the Bible is just, I just, I was just blown away. I, I, it took me a long time 
just in the video team, my notes, because God just kept showing me more and more and more and more, and I wanted to include it all, so I probably won't finish it tonight because there's just so much here. But the Bible says in, in Job chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came along with them. I'm going to read that one more time. The Bible says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Now, sons of God, you're like, man, this song says I'm a son of God. I'm a friend of God. I've heard that particular term before, sons of God. You've heard sons of God before in Genesis chapter 6, verse 2, when it says that the sons of God went down to sleep with the daughters of men. These are angelic beings who are inferior to God. Inferior to God. This is why they came, the Bible says they came to present themselves before the Lord. I don't want you to live an ignorant Christian life to think that there are not angelic beings. There are not powers and principalities like we talk about all the time that are not going before the Lord daily, consistently. And the Bible says, and Satan also came among them. Satan also came among them. Which goes to show you that God still allows Satan in his presence after he had already fallen. Satan still had to check in with the big G. And God said, what, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? What have you been doing? And Satan answered the Lord and said, I've just been going from to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. Verse 8, then the Lord said to Satan, then the Lord said to Satan, I want you to highlight that as well. Highlight that in your Bible. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man. Now God is beginning to say the same things that was already written about Job. He's a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. I want to ask you a question. What happens when God has a conversation with Satan about you? 
I know we like to talk and I know we've preached and we've heard so many messages about your enemies coming to harm you and you meant evil uh, against me, but God turned it around for my good. But what happens when God is the one who allows the harm to come to you? What happens when God is the one who allows that thing to stricken your body? What happens when God allows the enemy to attack you heavily? What happens? What happens when God has a conversation with Satan that says, yeah, I see you've been going to and fro, searching for whom you may devour, but, but have you considered my servant Deacon is Kimmy? I mean, I don't know about you, but, but me, I would have been like, listen, <laughs> If I would have been privy to the conversation, if I would have had, you know, a, a, a holy eavesdrop, I would have been like, hey, God, <laughs> chill out. I don't need no help doing bad. <laughs> I can do bad all by myself. I didn't see Tyler Perry's movies. I can do bad by myself. I don't need no help. I got enough problems as it is. Don't mention my name, especially not to him. To him? Really? To him? I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe some of y'all would have been cool with it. Like, yeah, God, let, let the devil test me. Let him try me. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Leave me alone. What happens when God brings your name up? Will you still shout and praise? It's a, it's a powerful question. It's a powerful question. Have you considered my servant Job? What? Why, why are you bringing me into this? He didn't even mention my name. The devil said, I've been going to and fro, back and forth, you know, just trying to get into some mischief because I am the devil. I am Satan. And the word Satan or Satan means the one who opposes. So because God was blessing, God says, because I know you're the one who opposed, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sick you on them. I'm actually going to sick them on you. The fact that God brought your name up lets me know that God thinks highly enough of you. That lets me know, like the Bible says, that he won't put more on you than you can bear. That lets me know. That, that whatever it is that you're going through, like I told you on Sunday, it does not have the power to keep you bound. Because God is the one who allowed it to happen. And if God has any say so, I know in the end it's going to work out. All right. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person or on his body. So Satan went out of the presence of the Lord. Job chapter 1, verse 13. Now it says, now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating. He had seven sons and how many daughters? Three daughters. His sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the donkeys were feeding beside them when the Sabians raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone 
have escaped to tell you. Job's flock was then killed, taken, raided. Then the Bible says, while that servant was speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was finishing his last sentence, another one came and said, the Chaldeans, the Chaldeans formed three bands and raided the camels and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 18 says, and while he was speaking, another servant came and said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people. And they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. What would you do when you find out that everything that you own and all the people that you love are no longer with you? Can you imagine how Job is feeling after he's getting bad news after bad news after bad news and the people that are telling him the bad news can't even finish their bad news without somebody else coming and saying something else? Can you imagine the pain and the agony? Listen, you can, you can take my stuff, you can take my house, you can take my cars, you can take all my shoes and my shoe boxes that they're in, but you mess with my wife and my family? Can you imagine the pain that he's feeling? The Bible says in verse 20, then Job arose, he tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Despite of Job's pain, he worshiped. Despite Job's current suffering, he didn't curse God, but he worshiped God. A lot of us, if we're honest, we, we wouldn't respond in the same way. A lot of us, we, we wouldn't respond in the same way that Job did. So we should truly, truly be thanking God for Job's courage and for Job's heart. Because I know some of y'all thinking right now, it couldn't have been me. <laughs> it could, he better than me. I hear you in your minds. I hear you online. It couldn't have been me. It could never not have been me. My stuff, I mean, I can deal with. My, my flock, I mean, gosh, yeah. My servants, like, they was cool. But my kids? My, my children? Job tore his robe. He shaved his head. He had an outward display. But then he fell to the ground and he worshiped naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there that is some that is some 
wisdom right there. As we're in the books of wisdom, that is some wisdom right there. That goes to show you that, that Job wasn't thinking selfishly. In all, of his, in all of his pain, he wasn't thinking about himself. Because, see, some of you are surrounded by people that in their pain, they'll begin to curse you. You ever been friends with somebody, and you get them mad, and then they start telling you how they really feel about you? You're like, whoa. Oh, that's how you really, okay. <laughs> all right, and now you know how to address them, and you know how to move with them in, in the future? Yeah, because, yeah. All she, all she got to do is get a little attitude, and she'll tell you what's really going on. I thought we was boys. I thought we was girls. She really don't even like me. She said my wig was ugly, and she ain't never liked my husband. <laughs> I mean, I ain't talking about her bad pedicure. Never told her her kids, she think they're cute. They look just like her daddy. <laughs> that's, if y'all don't know, that's a way for... That's a way for people to tell you that the daughters ain't cute. Oh, he looked just, they, she looked just like her daddy. Wow. It's a little secret. And so Job wasn't thinking of himself. He wasn't thinking of his, his own pain. He, he began to worship God, and he said something that makes perfect sense. Naked I came into the world, and naked I'm going to leave. All the stuff that I've acquired, I, I, I may be the greatest man in all the East, but listen, I, I came into the world with nothing, and I'm going to leave this world with nothing. The Lord gave to me. He didn't say, I, I acquired all of this wealth. God, I can't believe that you would allow me to lose all the stuff that I've acquired and, and my business acumen and my degrees and all the stuff and all the people that know my name and the rank that I got in the city and the pool and, and, and I'm Facebook famous. No, no, no. God, he, he, nobody cared about that. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Watch this. And then we go to chapter two. And the Bible says that again, there was a day. I don't know how many days had passed during this particular passage, but it says again, there was a day when the sons of God, the angelic beings, came to present themselves again before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. So here Satan is again presenting himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan said again, from going to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. Now this, you know, just, just try to wrap your mind around this. Verse 3 says, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Now wait a minute, God. You didn't already consider me once. I didn't lost all the, everything I own. I didn't lost seven thousand uh, uh, of my flock. I didn't lost three thousand of this. I didn't lost five hundred of my donkeys and, and five hundred of my camels. And, and you still want to consider me to the to the devil? Like like please, because because the test was was for Satan. Satan's like, surely Job is only blessing you, and Job only is not cursing you, and Job is only serving you, and Job is only blameless because your hand has been on his life. You've allowed his, his money to, to, blow, to blow up and to prosper, and you've allowed his household, you've allowed him to acquire all of these things, and you blessed him with seven sons and three daughters. Surely he's going to curse you. So I've just been going back and forth from the earth. I've just been watching it, you know, making sure... He, he's, you know, trying to see what he's doing, and, and 
I still haven't really seen much because, I mean, you ain't letting me really get to him like I know I can. God says, have you considered my servant Job? He passed that first test. Have you considered him? That there was no one like him on all the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil, and he still, he still holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him. To destroy him without cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But if you stretch out your hand right now and touch his bone and his flesh, surely he will curse you to your face. Basically, the devil says, listen, a, a man will give up his stuff in order to save his own life. He basically said, listen, even, even his kids, like a man, like he'll, he'll sacrifice his kids as long as he can save himself. Listen, let me touch his body. Let me touch his body and surely he'll curse you to his face. Okay. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. Don't kill him. But you can touch his body. Don't kill him, but you can touch his body. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a pot, uh, a potsherd, which to scrape from uh, to which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Now, Job's got to be sitting there like, okay, God, like, I didn't already lost the people that mean the most to me, my children. I lost all my possessions. And now you've allowed the enemy to attack my body with painful boils, and the Bible says that he's trying to scrape them from his flesh. He's sitting in ashes. Can you imagine how depressed you have to be to be sitting in ashes trying to scrape something off of your flesh? Now, his wife ain't said none this whole time. But there comes a point in a married man's life where his wife is fed up. And his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Just curse God and die. Just, just curse God and die. Curse God and die because you experiencing this pain, like, like it couldn't be me. Here he, he hears that again, it couldn't be me. Like, you going through all this, but it couldn't be me because I would have been cursing him and be like, kill me, God. Take me out of here because I'm not going to be scraping boys from my body. I'm just going to, you're going to have to kill me. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women. You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? My brothers and sisters, I came to let you know, shall we accept the goodness and the mercy of God, but we are not go to go through anything? We're not to suffer for, for anything. We're not to labor for anything. We're not to experience a little bit of adversity for anything. In all this, Job 
still did not sin with his lips. Job still did not sin with his lips. Out of all the things that have happened thus far to Job, how many of you, be honest, you would, you would, you would just be, you'd be cussing mad at this point. You'd be cussing. Okay, thank you. I got some honest people in the house. You'd be cussing mad. <laughs> God, I can't believe you. Especially after you've experienced so much blessing in your life and then for random acts of adversity to hit you, it's like, like God. Anybody ever been like, like, like me? This is literally what I said. I said, God, I've been singing all these worship songs. God, I've been, I've been praying to you. I've been leading your people. I've been, I've been leading the people of God. I've been leading the youth ministry. God, and you're going to let this happen to me? Anybody ever ask, you, you know, kind of crazy questions to God? God, you're going to let all this happen to me after all the stuff that I've been doing for you? <laughs> God, God how, how, how did we get here after all the stuff that I've done for you? Remember, I'm going back to, to what Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, Proverbs sets us up, and then Ecclesiastes goes to show you that, that you don't get what you deserve. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we don't, we don't really want a God who's fair. You missed it. You don't want a God who's fair. Because you ask God for repentance every day for stuff that you do wrong. Do you really want God to give you what you deserve? Because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But we serve a God who sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you and I's sins that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He stood in the gap. He took the brunt of the pain. He's always standing in the gap. He's always sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I for our behalf, because the Bible says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. The devil is there accusing us all the time, but Jesus is right there at the right hand of the Father saying, no, God, don't do it. God, have mercy. Provide grace. And this is why we have new mercies and new grace that we experience each and every day because we don't get what we deserve because we serve a God who is just. We serve a God who is just. Then the Bible says this, it says this. It says, now when Job's three friends heard all of this adversity, they had come upon him. Each one came from his own place. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. For they had made an appointment to go visit their boy. They went to go comfort him and mourn with him. Thank God for friends that have come comfort you and mourn with you. But the Bible says this, it says, it says that when they came and they raised their eyes from afar, they didn't even recognize Job. They lifted their voices and they wept. 
And each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. The Bible says, so they sat down with him on the ground for seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him. For they saw that his grief was very great. Thank God for friends that will come and just sit with you. Thank God for friends that will come and just, and just sit with you. Because, because sometimes you need friends in your life that understand the presence of mind to know, like, I don't have the right words to say because I, I don't know what you're feeling. I don't know what you're going through. I haven't experienced this. I'm just going to sit here with you. We have to thank God for people that understand the ministry of being present. Sometimes I don't need you to say nothing. I just need you to sit with me. Just look at me cry and just look and just look spiritual. Just sit there and just look spiritual. Pray under your breath. But sometimes I don't even want to hear you pray. I just I just want to be around some people. It's 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 important that we that we highlight the scripture because the Bible says they sat with him for seven days and seven nights and they mourned with him. But as soon as they opened their mouth, they started speaking foolishly. They started speaking foolishly and they started trying to trying to figure out how did you get to this place? You are the greatest man in all of the East. So you had to do something wrong because they too, like some of us, we're trying to, we're trying to uh, uh, make sense of why we go through the things that we go through. Did, did I sin? Is it, did I, oh, it's because I didn't, I honked at this lady and I almost cussed when they cut me off. It had to be. And so his friends are sitting there after the seven days and they're trying to figure out, now why, now why did God do this to you? Like, Okay, you had to have sinned. You had to have uh, not repented. You had to have done something wrong. There had to be ha- there had to be something in your life that's not right for God. God must be punishing you for for being bad. God must be punishing you for bad behavior. And this is what some of us think. We think we're going through because we did something bad. When really God is testing the devil because you've been faithful to Him. I came to encourage you, don't allow the enemy to trick you into cursing your God. The only reason why you're going through is because God is using you as an example that even if you go through this, you'll still bless his name. The song says, I will bless, or the word says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So that means whether I'm in the peaks or I'm in the valleys, I'll bless God when I'm high and I'll bless God when I'm at the lowest of my life. I will bless the Lord at all times and so Job he's a wise man he's going through all of these accusations from his friends who claim to be wise in their own sight and he goes through over 30 chapters of listening to his friends and listening to the people and listening to the opinions of people who weren't there going through what he went through. You weren't there, so how can you try to figure out what's wrong with me when you weren't there? Then at around verse or chapter 38, there's a young man by the name of Elihu. Somebody say Elihu. Elihu then, he says, listen, I ain't said nothing this whole time because I'm a young man. 
And the Bible says this. The, now, I read it from my, my interpretation, and I took it as a slight disrespect. He says, I'm a young man, but y'all are very old. It's in the Bible. He said it. I, I didn't say it. He said it. He said, y'all are very old, and y'all been speaking foolish. Y'all been talking crazy. I've been sitting here listening. to y'all. I've been waiting because y'all, y'all are much older than me. So I thought y'all was going to encourage Job. I thought y'all were going to tell Job uh, that everything is going to be okay. I thought you were going to uplift your brother. But you've been sitting here trying to figure out what thing that he did that caused God to do this. Young man. Young man. Y'all been sitting here talking crazy. But I'm going to proclaim the goodness of God. So Elihu begins to proclaim the goodness of God. He begins to talk about how mighty God is and how there are hypocrites that store up wrath and how you've brought out certain things and so on and so forth. And he says, for a large ransom will not help to avoid it where your riches or all the mighty forces keep you from distress. Do not desire the night when people are cut off in their place. Take heed and do not turn to iniquity. For you have chosen this rather than affliction. But behold, God is exalted by his power. Who teaches like him? He says, maybe this is a lesson that God is trying to teach. And he's using you as an example. So he begins to proclaim of God's goodness. And then he begins to proclaim of God's majesty. Somebody say God's majesty. And then Job was like, listen, I've heard enough. And Job begins to cry out, and he begins to cry out to God. And Job says, shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct, correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. Job answered the Lord, and he said, behold, I am vile. What shall I answer to you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer yes twice, but I will proceed no further. Job is in the presence of God and, 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 and he's asking God these hard hitting questions. He's like, OK, God, like I've been going through all of this. Can you please explain to me why I'm dealing with this? And then over the next two chapters, God takes Job on a virtual field trip. I like to think that God literally took Job up and began to take him to these various places. He's like, listen. The Lord, it says, it says, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, now prepare yourself like a man. Now I will question you and you shall answer me. We're in chapter 40. He says, would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? Have you an arm like God or, or can you thunder with a voice like his? Then adorn yourself with majesty and splendor and array yourself with glory and beauty. Disperse the rage of your wrath. Look on everyone who is proud and humble him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low. Tread down on the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together. Bind their faces in hidden darkness. Then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. God, he's, he's asking 
Job these questions as Job began to cry out to God and question God and, and ask God, like, why is it that I'm dealing with this? And God says, listen, can you save your own self? Then God goes on to say, were you there in the beginning when I formed the world? Were, were you there? He begins to take Job through a detailed list of things that he did in the beginning when he created the heavens and the earth. And Job couldn't do nothing but sit there. He began to, God began to talk about the beast. Some believe that it's a hippo. And then he began to talk about the, the serpent Leviathan, the great serpent Leviathan. He said, can you, can you hook Leviathan? <laughs> can you cast your, your fish net out and hook his mouth? I don't think so. Which led Job to repentance. In chapter 42, Job answered the Lord and he said this. I know that you can do everything. I know that you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Job chapter 42, verse 7, it says, And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord then said to Eliphaz, My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, Job, he, he started to question God after over 20-something chapters, his friends started talking crazy to him. And that's why you have to be sure that you surround yourself with the right people that know how to talk about God around you. Because then God will raise up his anger against your friends. He said, for you have not spoken of me what is right. Now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly or your foolishness, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Some of us can find ourselves in places and spaces where we don't speak of God right, and we're speaking out of pain, anger, and frustration. God says, don't speak about what you don't know about you're looking at the circumstance and the situation and you're saying God caused this no God just allowed it to happen it's, yeah it's a mystery it's a mystery of the kingdom that's why the Bible says that God is just because just because you are going through a little tough situation in your life does not mean that God is not there with you he says I'll be with you I will always be there with you 
I'll be with you even until the end of the earth. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So even when I'm going through tough seasons and difficult times and circumstances that I cannot explain and cancer has hit my body and I've gone through several divorces and I've had several miscarriages when I'm trying to experience the fruitfulness and the faithfulness of God, God says, I will be with you. So you got to make sure that you continue to talk about your God right. Because just because it happened to you don't mean it was God. It was an attack from the devil. He says, so Eliphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the, the Namamthite, went and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord had accepted Job. This is where we get to the verse. Verse 10, and the Lord restored Job's losses. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. When he prayed for his friends. A lot of us have to go through turmoil. A lot of us have to go through pain and suffering. Number one, because pain and suffering makes us more like Jesus. We can't sing songs like, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. And then when he starts preparing you, you don't want no parts of it. We can't say, I want to be just like Jesus, but you don't want to suffer. We cannot say, I want to love like God loves. And then when people stab you in the back and talk about you and cuss you out and treat you dog, uh, dirty and, and dog you and, and, and do things to you that you just can't explain because you ain't never did nothing to them. You have to love like Jesus. When bad things happen to good people, you have to understand that. I'm, I'm, he's making me more like Christ. He's making me more like Christ. And then here's the other part. Some of you only go to God when you're going through. I know, I know, I know, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. I know it's tight. I, I know I'm stepping on your toes right now and you got open toe sandals on and you just got a pedicure. But Sometimes God has to bring pain into our lives because he's been waiting for you to come to him. Certain situations in your life won't turn around until you get desperate enough to go to God. Stop calling your friends. Stop gossiping and telling them all the drama. Tell God your drama. Go to the Father with your drama and he will give you wisdom and skill for living he will teach you and give you understanding and he'll give you peace to go through it. He will give you, I'm going to say that again, he will give you peace to go through it. Because you have to build up your spiritual endurance. You have to persevere. The life of a believer is not an easy life. You got to persevere. You persevered all them hours in school. Even some of the youth, they had to persevere. Well, I, I know I did. I had to persevere through hours of practice driving before you could actually get a license that would allow you to drive. Then you had to be tested on the practice that you did. What makes us think that we, just because we're in the faith, we're not going to be tested? 
I've told you once and I'll tell you twice that a faith that has not been tested can't be trusted. God has to test your faith to see if he can trust you. You have to go through fiery trials so that God can refine you. You had to go through it so God can make you more like him. He had to hit your body with that because that's the only time you communicate with God when you're suffering. But the Bible says that he turned it when he prayed for his friends. He turned his captivity around when Job prayed for the people that have been antagonizing him for over 26 chapters. Job still decided and found it in his heart and found the strength to pray for his friend when for over 36 chapters he endured suffering, heartache, pain, loss, one after another. How many of you will find it in yourself to be spiritually mature enough to pray for the ones that spoke ill of you? To ask God to forgive them like Jesus did. See, it's always foreshadowing. This is another lesson of the life of Jesus because there may be many stories, but it's one road that leads back to Jesus. Jesus took on our pain. Jesus took on our shame. Jesus took on our sins so that we could have life. Jesus was like Job and he prayed for his friends. He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And here we are living a life of freedom, living a life for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because we had someone that decided to pray for his friends. The Bible says that we are friends of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. He calls me beloved. He calls me chosen. He calls me set apart. He calls me a royal priesthood, a set apart nation, a holy people. And if you go back and look at the descriptions of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, the Bible says that they were just men. They were, they were found pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. They kept their covenant to God. God always obeys and honors obedience. Job was a man, a blameless man, an upright man who feared the Lord. And shunned evil. And God honored his heart. God honored his heart. And God wants you to have a testimony like Job. That when the wind blows and the storm comes. That you won't curse your God. But you'll know that God is there with you in the storm. God is with you. In the hurricane, God is with you when it seems like your work life is taking over. It's flooding you. You're just up to, you're just up to your neck with, with chaos and drama and hurt and pain. When it seems like sickness can't, there's no more space in my body for sickness, God. I, I, I can't take another hit. I can't take another attack. God says, I'm with you. 
And we serve a God who sustains. We serve a God who is a sustainer. He is a sustainer. He is a keeper. God will keep you in every situation, in every circumstance, whatever it is that you're going through, I want you to know that God will keep you and he'll turn your situation around. Why? He'll turn it around for his glory. Things have happened in your life because God says, I want to show you off so I can showcase my glory. I want to showcase my glory. Romans 8, 28, for the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed after this. Friends, I want you to know that just because you're going through it does not mean that God's hand is not on your life because we don't serve a fair God. We serve a just God. And God does not give us what we deserve. Because we know what we deserve. But we serve a just God. And just like in the beginning, the Bible said that Job had seven sons and three daughters. The Bible says that indeed the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He gave him twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. I came to let somebody know that your latter will be greater than your former. Your latter will be greater than your former. You are not too old. You are not too far gone. You are not too far outside of God's will. Your latter will be greater than your former. Now the Bible says that Job was blessed for now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen. 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he called the first Jemima. And I won't go through all the names. But after this, Job lived 140 years, and he saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. We serve a God who will bless you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever hope, wish, dream, or imagine. God wants you to be blessed enough so that you can see the generations that will come out of you blessed. He wants to bless you so that you will leave a legacy of faithfulness. You will leave a legacy of fruitfulness in this next season. If you believe that, stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for being the keeper that you are, God. For God, you said weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning time.
The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared of the glory which shall be revealed in us. God, you do all things well. Whether they make sense to us or not, Father, you do all things well. You make no mistakes because you are truly in control. You know what you're doing. Father, we don't always know what you're doing, but Father, you, you know what you're doing because you are wise. You are just. You look upon the wicked and the righteous. And the Bible says, and the sun still shines. And you, you, you look upon the wicked and, and the righteous. And the rain still falls on them both. Father, you are consistent. You are dependable. You don't change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, help us. Help us to have the wisdom and, and the spiritual understanding to know what season it is that we're in so that we will bless the Lord at all times and our praise shall continually be on our mouth so that we will be sure to bless you and not curse you in a season of blessing. In a season where you're trying to showcase your splendor, your glory, and your majesty. God, help us to know that there'll be glory after this. Help us to know that it won't always be like this. We won't always be in the storm. We won't always be financially broke. We won't always be spiritually insecure. We won't always be looking for love in all the wrong places. Father, because you are in control. Father have, Father, have your way. Let this word penetrate the hearts of your people so that we can grow and be spiritually mature so when the time is right, you will restore back to us everything the enemy stole and you'll give us double for all the trouble that we've experienced and that our latter will be greater than our former. And that when you bless us with the double, we won't just keep it for ourselves, but we'll bless our brothers and our sisters. We'll bless the generation that came before us. We'll bless the generation that's coming behind us in the name of Jesus. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.